Hey, hey, everybody, Kevin here, and I just wanted to jump in with a real quick announcement before we get the episode started this week. I know we mentioned at the end of our two-year anniversary episode that we were going to try to launch a Patreon and a Ko-fi and, you know, different ways to support us uh, in this endeavor moving forward, and uh, through discussing that, we've kind of decided that we think we're going to kind of switch things up uh, on the podcast front and switch things up kind of on all fronts in general and not necessarily in a bad way. We've just kind of realized, hey, scheduling has been tough. We've been really, you know, uh, you know, finding it tight to get our schedules together. So I think we're going to switch things up to have the podcast like core episodes come out on a biweekly basis where those will be like our numbered episodes. And then the episodes on the off weeks are going to be more like, you know, either interviews with uh, other developers. Those will be probably fewer and further between but looking to do like some new things that we haven't been able to do and we always leave a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor and even when we're just chatting before uh you know we're rolling on the podcast when we're off the air um we're always like talking about tons of games and like you know we're always like saying save it for the cast so (laughs) i think we might even end up calling some of the episodes like that being like the segment or whatever but we'll see how things go but we definitely want to make sure we uh try to keep the podcast on a weekly basis especially if we're gonna look for uh support from you guys you know so We're going to definitely kind of maybe shift gears a little too and focus a lot more on doing the videos on YouTube, which we've been doing like crazy um, and Twitch as well. But um, yeah, just wanted to uh, give a heads up on that and uh, please uh, send any feedback our way uh, as far as the shift in uh, formats. But we've changed things up before and uh, we're always flying by the seat of our pants. So yeah, with that said, I think we can uh, kick things off and uh, get things started and talk about some video games. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey folks. And John Hines. Hello. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games. Mm-hmm. And let's just get right into it. I don't have anything new to say to, uh, to add in the <laughs> intro. Not that I ever do, but um, let's just get right to it, John. And I know you're still, it's been, a, it's been a few weeks, I think, since you've talked about Monster Hunter on the podcast. Monster mm-hmm. Hunter Rise, that is. And I know you're still uh, chipping away, and that's the the hot new game these days. So how you how you feeling? <laughs> oh, I just saw credits on this game. Yeah, Ooh. man. And right as I saw credits, they released uh, 2.0. So I was like, <laughs> I forgot you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, as soon as I was like, all oh, right, I, I kind of did most of the stuff that's in this game. They're like, hey, you want more into content? <laughs> <laughs> you want an additional 60 hours of gameplay? Oh <laughs> Is that how much wow. you put in already? Probably. Roughly. I, I haven't even checked. I don't want to check. Yeah, probably better. <laughs> no, probably better be you don't. But <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really enjoying this game. Like I've I've mentioned, you know, on previous episodes how I think they've just really streamlined the whole process of the game. Like right. all of the advancement feels really good. Like the actual hunts control really well. Like adding in the wire bug, like grappling hook in all three hundred and six it's, it's more than that. It's what what is a sphere? Like right. you can <laughs> you can do it in any direction. Like it's a it is honestly one of the best grappling mechanics. It sounds amazing in a yeah, game. It sounds really sweet. Talk about well, language. But well, because you were saying it almost feels like not quite Spider-Man style, but like you don't have to necessarily connect it to anything, right? Yeah. You can just kind of plant point, it. In point the a air. place in like all of space, and you <laughs> space. Will go in that direction, <laughs> and you can do that twice. Like, Why you not? Can, oh, that yeah. double <laughs> grappling hook mechanic is just. Feels so good. I keep finding sub camps and new secret areas and oh, all that's the levels. Cool. Like there's yeah. so much to do in this that's game. And fun. I'm going to do it because when I reach credits, I had only advanced my weapon tree and or like crafted and forged the weapons for the light bow gun. Like they at I could at least see three tiers at the beginning of it. And like the final two had question marks over and you couldn't scroll past them. And I still haven't even unlocked the third yet. Like, <laughs> there's <laughs> most of the like individual tiers or I like weapons that you can do. Like, I haven't even fought the monsters that will unlock that tree. Like, there's so much wow. to do in this game. <laughs> so there's still like bosses and stuff you haven't faced off against, and, yeah, and whatnot, or monsters, whatever you want to call them. And that's like kind of the thing, like where. 
I know that we use we usually use credits as a metric of like, oh, have you beaten a game? Right. But it really yeah. feels like those credits popped up real real early in this game. <laughs> there's I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm I'm grateful for the fact that there's still so much more content and that, you know, even with just the 2.0 update, there's going to be more like DLC or anything oh, that comes yeah. on down the line. You know so, it. Like, right. There's no shortage of content that I'm going to be able to have, but I don't know. It, I I appreciate the fact that I can say by our standards, oh, I saw credits. I beat that game. Yeah, it lets you <laughs> off the hook. I'm not even yeah. close to being done with this game, though. <laughs> yeah, but but how nice, like, picturing that in my head, being able to, like, see credits in Breath of the Wild and then also being like, but there's so much more to do, which mm. there probably is if I would actually go through and see the credits, depending on... Well, I did explore quite a bit and do a bunch of the shrines, but, yeah. like, you know, it, it like, picturing that, I like that idea of, like, hey, I beat this game, but, like, now I can kind of go back to it a little more leisurely or at least kind of, right. well, maybe not. It's probably way harder <laughs> as well uh, after that. But but it's on your terms at that point if you want to. Exactly. That's the distinction. Exactly. <laughs> Which is a whole are you, are, piece of mind. Yeah. Are you missing having the multiplayer aspect at all, John? And I only asked that because we kind of got into how it's sort of structured like an MMO last time when we talked about it. Like, and I know that's that you were talking about how you really love it as a single player experience, but are you still feeling that way? Or are you feeling like, ah, maybe I can milk a little more out of this multiplayer. I mean, I think I would like it if I played it with other people. But for so much of my experience with the series, honestly, is just playing it as a single player game. So I, I don't know if it would, I don't know if it scales if you have multiple people and like, oh, suddenly like enemies take way mo- longer to kill or anything. And right, right. I, I mean, it would be fun. I, I wouldn't mind doing it. Just need to sync up with someone. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's not a hindrance not being able to play with no, people not online. Not, I mean, nice. not for me personally. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's what I was asking. I'm I'm glad you're still enjoying it. Oh, yeah. take it at your own pace that way too, which is nice. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, well, we can probably move on from there to the next kind of hot topic this week, although it's probably a few weeks after by the time this episode comes out. But uh, we all recently checked out some games from the Ludumdar Game Jam, Ludumdar 48. Yeah, I think I'm saying that right. Um, but the theme, I've always uh, said Ludum Dare. So the first time that you said that, I was like, God, ooh, I have no idea what this is. I think I've said it like four different times in like the videos and streams we've done or four different ways in the videos and streams we've done. Like I, I never say it the same. Right, I've said it a bunch of different ways. But uh, but yeah, we checked out uh, some of the games and the theme was deeper and deeper. And again, if you're just in case you're unfamiliar with game jams, we've talked about them quite a bit on the podcast in the past. But it's basically you have a limited amount of time with uh, I pretty much any size team, although I did learned some new things while I was streaming some of these games. I actually showcased a bunch of these that we're going to talk about uh, during a stream. And I actually learned that. So I always see the term compo pop up all the time <laughs> when in relate uh, in relation to these games. Right. And that means if it's a compo entry, that means it's done in 48 hours all by one person. See, I don't and know. Then, about the, but I don't know about the one person thing, because I, f- I saw that I saw you on the stream saying that and other people telling you that. And then, I, yeah. but then when I Googled it, I'm like, well, that, that doesn't really hold true with some of these things that they're calling compo. It's still like when I look at the credits, there's like four or five people. Like, how does that yeah. work? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I, I was confused by that, too, when I was yeah. streaming, because I was like, I, I was always under the impression. And I'm sure this is wrong, too. But like, I think we've mentioned, too, like a lot of times games will like it, they'll have a really cool idea for a game jam. But maybe there's a couple bugs in the project. Or sure. Maybe they want to expand the project a little more. So there'll be an update. And I always yeah. thought compo meant like this is the the post competition like this is I, I just thought it was like some term that people made up and said this is the compo version or like post competition. Right. Or just a product of the competition. And then, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I got see. that impression. So I guess. So, well, I guess we don't know what the answer <laughs> is on that. But I tried to never, look it up. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I saw like how they were separated on the Ludum Dar website, but yeah. it's still uh, either way. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And it really doesn't make a ton of difference, at least to us, because we yeah. were just playing the games and checking yeah. them out. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ludumdar and Game Maker's Toolkit are probably the two game jams we've mentioned the most on the podcast in the past. So they're probably the two most popular. Um, just get tons and tons of entries from some of our favorite developers um, that we've discovered over the last couple years. And yeah, we dug into those and I, I checked out probably five or six, maybe even seven of them on the stream the other day. And then I know you guys dug into some. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which one should we start off with? I mean, we're probably just going to glance off these. We're not going to dig super deep into them, but um, maybe we'll kick it off with uh, Holy Hell because that was yeah. uh, that was the one that kind of caught my eye and kind of made me realize that Ludum Dar was in season because I all of a sudden saw holy shit Daniel Linson has a new game right um and it looks amazing like it's yeah. immediately just so eye-catching it's got these like just goopy fluid circles that just keep like zooming f- further and further in and essentially it's a a 2d platformer where you're running around like the inside of a circle um completely you know there's no gravity you're just like running around the ring of the circle and you just have to there'll be different enemies and obstacles to avoid and you basically just avoid those and grab a key on each stage once you grab the key it opens the door and then you go through the door to the next stage and that's you get a point or whatever for that and you just try to get as far as you can get and i was i I was like i was a little bit i I don't even know what to say i'm at a loss for words right now because daniel linson jumped in on the stream while i was playing and just like i did just there i was like fumbling like a little kid with like a crush <laughs> i was just like oh da- uh, daniel's here and he was like asking for feedback and stuff it was so cool like ah oh, man it was just it was such an awesome experience I-, I would say like that one i it didn't grab me as much especially as his other games like, i'm such a huge fan and, and it's so stylish and i i love it i'm not taking anything away especially being it's a game jam entry right um but it did like I, I, if it had like just one more layer to it, you know, if it had like, oh, every five levels you get an upgrade or you get to get a health back or get an option to pick between something like it was just missing that extra layer. But again, it was so stylish, so fun. And it was really cool. It's actually a combination of ideas of a bunch of his other games like Wibble Wobble, uh, Breaker. Um, I, there's like four or five games that he li- outlined that he listed on the page that it was based off of. But I know, uh, John, you got to play a little bit of that one. And I know, uh, you guys both kind of checked out the stream a little, too. Yeah, I, I would say like of all the ones that I played, this one was far and away my favorite. And Interesting. like I I actually like really love the simplicity of it. Like I, I think that it has the exact amount of things that I wanted in like kind of an arcade platformer. Like nice. I love like the physics of like you were saying, like that wobbly, like it isn't a circle, it just like kind of like moves in and out and if there's like it's like a, fluid, yeah. If yeah. there's a that dotted line, then that sometimes that I'll like the platform that you're running on will dip below the dotted line and it'll turn into something that can damage you. Like and then lava, like, basically, yeah, or something. And that, like, just that little bit of uncertainty will also, like, affect, like, oh, will your jump make it over this, like, obstacle? Or will that just completely change the trajectory of this projectile of, like, this enemy that's, like, on this moving surface the freaking frogs man the way that they jump it's so dependent i know but (laughs) see i figured out right towards the end that was the first game i played on the stream right towards the end of that i was like you can jump over the frogs like i was always trying to go underneath them same but it is way more effective to go over the top of them and then as i was i think one of the best i got on that uh video was like an eight um, and I was Daniel was like, oh, that's pretty good. And then he was like, oh, I, I actually haven't played in a while. And then he did, wasn't in the chat for quite a bit. And then he was like, I'm actually not going to say what my high score is. He's like, I've been playing a lot of this game. <laughs> I was going to say mine was nine. Like, I don't oh, think nice. I, I got Oh, you beat me. Heck yeah. But it's, no, it's hard. I was trying to get to yeah. 10 and I just couldn't do it. Oh, but it, it's it's a good just like. Uh, yeah, like the color scheme is the style. So oh, it's great. It's, it's so awesome. Eye catching and, and like it's so cool to be in that world. And there's no music. It's got really just cool arcadey sound, sound effects yeah. and like the little scamper of your feet across the ground. It, it is really cool. Like, again, I know I said like almost led off with, hey, this is my least favorite of the bunch. But like I, I really, really fun. And based on the fact that he was asking for feedback, it has me thinking he's definitely added on to his jam entries in the past. I'm like, okay, there's there's some potential here for this to get updated. So I am excited on that end. And uh, I guess I'll just go to the one I was the most excited about from there. I checked out underneath. Uh, We all or John checked it out. And I know, yeah, Randall, you saw some of it as well. Yeah. And uh, it's a game from Cultisti, Human is Red, and Sulo on the music. I think we've mentioned all three of those people on previous games. Yeah. Uh, Cultisti and Sulo have collaborated. I know I've 
I almost feel bad talking about yet another Cultisti game, although this one definitely feels a little bit different than their other games. Like the other ones are way more like minimalist and like not that this one isn't in some ways, but like they're way more like I don't want to say artsy, but they just have like more of like a story progression to them. Although this one has that, too. I I don't even know what I'm trying to say, really, but there's they just feel totally separate. This one, the art was all done by Human is Red, so it definitely just has more of uh, his art style, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's completely mouse controlled. It's like a mouse controlled platformer where you are shooting bullets, uh, you know, in the direction that your cursor is aiming, and that's allowing you to propel your character basically to jump essentially there's no jump button or anything like that and then you also have the other button on the mouse to go into slow motion which you can do pretty freely like i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's got its own timer it's like maybe like a second or two uh not much longer than that but like then when you you can almost do it immediately after that there's like not much cooldown um and i really like how like when you're in that slow mode role like you when you're shooting you're not actually propelling your character as far so you can kind of fine-tune your movement a little bit and i just really loved how this game felt i've actually played through it four times already (laughs) like i just can't stop playing it so i love the music i love the vibe it just feels so fluid and i that you're talking this is me talking who's always like i hate mouse and keyboard controls and i know (laughs) this is only mouse but like it really had me on the edge of my seat like that just whipping the mouse around and like not being able to ever really do the same thing twice. Like it's, I can't like, I can't memorize the movements. I really got to execute it every time. I just like, I got really hooked on this game. The movement feels so good. And I love the art style and music, like I said, but what did, what did you guys think? I uh, had to end up like playing it in full screen because I kept clicking outside of the same. Oh, same. (laughs) Like at one point I like opened up steam and I'm like, what the hell is happening? Oh my God. I was doing (laughs) the same thing the first time I played. Yeah. But no, I, I liked it. Like I, I enjoyed it, but like there, there was a point where like I was just getting to puzzles that were too much for me. And I was like, ah, you know what? Um, I've been running my head against this, trying to get like a precision thing. Cause most of the levels, at least the ones I played, like had so, a decent amount of length to them, but like they don't yeah. have checkpoints or anything. So like, oh boy, I yeah. would get, I would get to a point where I've like, you know, cleared maybe like six jumps or like uh, getting around like ricochet, uh, like floors or walls of that would yeah, like because your bullets yeah later in the game there'll be floors and walls that are what well, your bullets will now start bouncing off of the walls and it will hit you and they will pretty there's some rooms that are pretty much coated with those uh floors and walls so like your bullets are flying constantly oh yeah so, so yeah you like, gotta, it got maybe a little little bit more steep than i was ready to have but like yeah like the con- uh, controls felt really good i liked the like you know very simple just mouse like left uh right right click and left click like that's yeah it felt really good and i like that controls need to be tight considering all the tight corridors you're rolling through that are spikes lined on all walls (laughs) yeah everywhere spikes and yeah like you were saying i was surprised there was as many puzzles as there were like triggering switches and like you got to hit these three switches to get back to the exit of the level that was actually at the start of the level Mm -hmm. um just really cool stuff Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited. I was hoping this would be the one that would suck you into the world of cultisti, John, but we'll get you there. Yeah. We'll get you there. Maybe, maybe one more of the like, uh, atmospheric games than the precision platforming. (laughs) Atmospheric is such a better word than, uh, than artsy that I said earlier. I feel like an idiot for saying that, but, um, anyways, but they are like extremely artistic, so Mm -hmm. I don't feel that bad for saying it, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, one more I wanted to mention real quick, or I guess we got a couple more to rattle off, but grapple tongue was also just a freaking blast. It kind of has this Sega master system, almost vibe to the aesthetic. And you basically play as this penguin that can shoot your tongue out. You're climbing a mountain, you know, Celeste style trying to get to the top and, you just basically can shoot your tongue in one of eight directions. Actually, I don't think it's fully octo-directional because I don't think you can fire like downwards or any of any of the directions downwards. But like you can fire left, up, right, or like the diagonals. And mm-hmm. there's some walls that have like grass on the side that you can't grab with your tongue. And basically, you're just it just gets harder and harder. There's spike walls just like uh, underneath, 
And you just eventually like you really got to get into the precision zone of like, OK, I got to gr- you can grab the spikes with your tongue, but you can't touch them with your character. But then there'll be lasers later on that you can't even touch with your tongue. Uh, but it was, it was really impressive. It took me like about 20 minutes to play through. Like it was a pretty decent length for a game jam game. Um, I just really liked how, like, when you got to the first, like, main checkpoint and got to the next area, the music kicks in. That's nice. Like, it just had, like, a really, really nice presentation. I was like, I got to check out more games from these guys. I think it was from Moore's or Mars Games. Seems uh, like we'll they did a, a lot, too, with uh, the puzzles as far as those blocks that you could grab onto with your tongue that would go up, you know, in the air. Yeah, they either had an arrow pointing right. up or down, and they would be like an elevator almost. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a really, really cool game. Um, and, and the extra collectibles. I think there were like four or five oh, little yeah. like hidden like stuffed animal penguins along yeah, the way that cute. you could collect. And I did get all of them, I think, unless there was a hidden one I missed. But nice. Um, I know we all took a little time to check out, uh, or at least I know you did, Randall. I don't know if you had a chance to check this one out, John. Frog, that was actually developed for the NES. Um, but I know, Randall, you and I both played through this one. Yeah, it didn't take too um, much to do, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's also the best part about these uh, jam games. Like yes. you can just like kind of fire up, like browse the page and like, oh, this looks cool. Let me try this and yep. have try it for a few minutes. But this one, yeah, it took me less than five, I think, to play nice. through this one. Uh, but it just had the, such a cool style like that character immediately caught my oh, eye. Yeah. Character sprite. The, the art is beautiful. Yeah. Did you play this on hardware, Randall? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, nice. I downloaded the ROM and uh, I loaded it up on the, the NT Mini because, you know, why not? And uh, yeah, that was a really yeah. fun way to play it, like with the actual NES controller and everything. So really cool game, yeah. Frog. Like the the main aspect is it's almost like a, a bubble bobble type of mechanic where yeah. you shoot the bubble out of your, your frog's mouth. Um, the big difference here, like you can bounce on it just like you can in Bubble Bobble, but the difference here is you can also control the bubble once it's out of your mouth with the D-pad. Uh, like the like, elevation of it. Yeah, yeah, up and down and, you know, like and then you can bounce on it to go left and right. So yeah. a lot of control given to you um, with that spit bubble uh, too. And really the, the main thing you're doing is just kind of traversing through the level most of i think almost all of them were kind of single screen yeah i, I think say. they were all single screen kind of like arcade platformer like just get to the end of the stage yeah i don't remember any scrolling going yeah. on yeah which is fine um it was cool like yeah. you know and some of the the last couple levels are, are a bit tricky you'll probably die quite a few times just yeah. trying to thread the needle with your 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 bubble because it's it's one hit and you're retrying thankfully there's no you're lines done. so like, right as you right die, infinite you're just attempts yeah so no but yeah and it's definitely got a ton of potential you know it's it's just just a really cool really cool thing and then again just to see that pop up like oh there's an nes game that just popped up in a in a game jam super super cool yeah um one more i just want to give a quick shout out because we're always like singing the praise of connor grail on the uh tunes and i checked out this other game called tooth toss that you play as like this ladybug with like this giant sword that as soon as you grab the sword and Connor Grail does the music and that this was like a team of like five or six people. I think Mad Nukin was the main developer. But again, we'll put the links. There's a pretty big team on this one. I think they said they met for the game jam, like never met before and then worked on this wow. game together. And it's like just a really cool same thing. Arcadey platformer. There's a like five or six stages with one mini boss and one like extra boss with a little bit of scrolling. Really great pixel art. Again, amazing tunes. And uh, you basically just when you you can double jump and run around, but when you grab your sword, you can't move at all. And then you can throw it at like a 90 degree angle, which kind of doesn't make sense. Like, oh, I can't. It's too heavy for me to move, but I can chuck it all the way across (laughs) the screen. But the mechanic is awesome because you can sometimes like throw it like jump and catch it in the air and yeah. then throw it again and you got to kill all the enemies and then on that stage or whatever and then the pit again the themes deeper and deeper so the like pit opens up you drop down to the next level kill those enemies and then yeah again you get to like some enemies that have some take more than one hit with the sword and eventually you kind of face off against like a bee boss 
or no, it's a spider boss. There's like a B mini boss and then a spider boss right. where you have to kind of rescue your friend at the end. Uh, and I ended up playing through that one like two or three times. I really, really enjoyed like the controls just felt so good and expressive. Yeah. And it was so short and sweet. Like I was like, ah, that, that was just fun. Let me play that again. Yeah, the, the expressive control part. I watched you play this in particular on the stream and like yeah. just how the, the sword bounced off of enemies, I thought was really yeah. slick too. When you could chain it and yeah. like when it would bounce because they're like these slugs that are like it just it looks so nice, like just bouncing off them and then hitting one of those like mosquito enemies or whatever. Yeah. No, it was yeah. it, it, that game in particular. I'm like, oh, I want to play this. And Kevin, you made yeah. it look a lot of fun. Kevin is very good on the streaming. If you if it you was folks fun. aren't watching him on Twitch, watch Pursuing <laughs> Pixels because Kevin does it a lot and he's good at it. And I've been doing it a little more lately. Thanks, yes. man. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. We've been we've been doing. I got a few more to mention before we wrap up later on the episode because yes. uh, we've been getting into some import stuff too, like some retro import stuff. So we'll get to that a little later. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of the retro stuff and keeping it in the game jam realm. Yeah. Uh, Randall and and. We've heaped speaking on people speaking of people we've heaped on the praises. Oh, yes. uh, Morph Cat, oh, we are yes. just in love with these folks. Yes, um, and yeah, they put out another game for an NES Game Jam competition. Now, this was a Game Jam where every game was kind of developed for the NES or was <laughs> developed for the NES. Right. But uh, I think Randall, you were the one that put this on our radar, or maybe somebody put it in our Discord or something. I don't know. I just remember we've kind of found it at the same time. After and we were just like, we got to play this. Bobble, and you know, after Micro mages i started following them morph cat games mm-hmm. anywhere i could i'm like i need to play the games that these people that continue they to make. make and like they're an active nes developer right now obviously uh because they yeah. just released this as of the time of recording like a couple of weeks ago uh essentially yeah. um so space gulls is is the latest from them and yeah they made it for the nes dev compo 20 in 2020 2021 essentially they made it in one week and they won first place for this game yeah nice and you know i haven't played the other ones although you can uh follow a link to get a kind of a zip file of all the nes all of them i saw that yeah Yeah. i'll try to put that in the episode description i will put that in the episode description i've been a little better about that lately putting the links that i say i'm gonna (laughs) so it'll be there it'll be there because that'll be cool to check out oh yeah i want to check them all out too i kind of feel bad that i haven't but i I definitely will for for the future because i'm i'm such a sucker for these these new nes releases especially the same size like this it's so cool yeah, um, it was but, almost like a mini bobble in a way. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of similarities to bobble or bobble or however we. Yeah, <laughs> decided to pronounce I can't it. believe I actually just committed to one pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> um, but very similar in that, like the levels kind of um, like it's it's like one world, even though, you know, each area is kind of single screen for the most part that you're kind of traversing through with your your uh, space goal character who. You know, the the main button is A, to jump slash fly, and you're just kind of flying around and you're bouncing generally off the top of enemies to to kill them. Um, And they do some kind of clever work with enemies where, you know, some of them will shoot up, uh, but they kind of telegraph when they're going to. So you kind of wait until they do. Uh, as you get further in the game, there's enemies that have like a like a blade and they're they're just like. If they feel you in their range, they are just like trying to hit you with that blade like above their head, and they are tough to land. And they a hit look on. sweet. Those the, yeah. the the sprite work in this game oh, again beautiful. for a game jam game. I know that we played the version of that I think was updated a little yes. bit after the jam, but I don't think too much. They they said they added like a little bit extra music, yep. a, like a little bit of extra level stuff. Yep. But not not too much. I don't think it's really changed that much from the original experience. No, I don't think so either. Not too terribly much. Um. But yeah, you can beat it in like, I, I think it took me a little over half an hour the first time. I actually went through and beat this again just because I was having such a nice. good time. Nice. Um, yeah, I almost did the same. I Just like I did with Bobble too. Just yes. like fire it right back up. Like, And it's worth mentioning this one's two players as well. Yeah, you can play co-op. That. I feel like that would be harder maybe yeah. <laughs> or easier. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I know. Um, yeah. But it even had like the stuff like uh, just like I was saying with Grapple Tongue, like it had like the hidden collectibles just like Bobble, you know, like yeah. the rubber duckies. Like there were, I think, four little hidden birds that yes. you could collect. I got three of the four. I don't know if you I, got all four. Randall. I got three of the four and I saw the fourth one. Like, I, like, same here. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, I didn't see anywhere I could 
access that. And I don't know that I really finished my thought on why this is like Bobble, but it's one of the ways is what Kevin described of collecting these like extra collectibles that, you know, at the end of the game, they're there on the end screen, essentially. Um, But you find them typically by you know, there's little kind of halfway secret alternate routes and those routes kind of tend to snake around the existing level structures in very like interesting and smart ways. Um, I just love the way they design games that way. Yeah. It was really fun to like, see like, Oh, that's that area I was just in or or was in way earlier. Cause you, you will like, when you go through those secrets, like you're pretty much, there's no dangers. You're just kind of traversing through these like single tile tunnels, but you're like, going through quite a bit of the map and then you're like oh man i'm all the way back here yeah like oh that's where that penguin is yep. uh, and then sometimes you see those little just that little extra hallway that you clearly can't access when you're in a room and you're like okay yeah there's something around here like i gotta be able to to get over there but yeah it's definitely just like bobble in that sense that yeah it's just one big like interconnected world yep. but you're not necessarily picking up new abilities along the way no i did think it was kind of funny uh um, where it said on the description of the game, it was like, this is a combination of like Joust and Mega Man yeah. 2 or something like that is what they compared it to. Mega Man, yeah. I definitely see the Joust comparison, but <laughs> I was kind of thinking, I was like, I don't know if I see the Mega Man comparison other than the health bar. <laughs> the health bar <laughs> it's like, and like, I guess the, like, there's a lot of verticality, like in some yeah, of the Mega and Man it, stages. And I guess like the spread, I guess the, the enemies are all kind of robots. Maybe yeah. that's what they meant. They're like all like kind of mech robot enemies. Yeah. That shoot, generally shoot projectiles at you. Not exclusively, but most of them do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely way more joust slash like balloon fight. And yeah, it, it controls good, just as good, if not better than those games, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's it controls like a dream. Oh, it's man. It, it feels so good. Yeah. Never frustrating. Yeah. All the checkpoint stuff oh the the, speaking of the checkpoints are so cool they're like these huge massive save buttons that like just feel so good to land on especially when you're like fluttering in like it's almost like super mario world style when you land on like the switch palace thing they're almost like that big and juicy yeah save baby (laughs) like yeah and after you complete some of the challenges you're just like fuck yeah like it feels good to hit those save points it does because it's it's not an easy game it's not it's not a not a cakewalk no i would definitely not say that and it's it also feels good too on on the enemies is like you're bouncing on top of their heads the ones that take multiple hits just like the way you can kind of juggle that with your character in a purposeful way just man they only spent a week on this thing and it just feels so good they just know what the hell they're doing it's crazy and then yeah after that video of them cramming micro mages onto a 40 kilobyte cartridge and like i cannot wait to see what these folks do next whether whether on the nes or otherwise you know i mean i'd love to see them keep working in that sphere but yeah anytime i see someone doing cool stuff i'm just like i i don't just do what i'm just happy with them doing what they want to do as long as they keep making cool stuff one of my favorite developers going right now like yeah i I can't say i disagree man yeah i can't say i disagree they're definitely like one that as soon as i see it i'm like ooh, like oh here we go they got something new just like i was with daniel linson like oh he's got something new i gotta play it wolf cat gotta play it yep but yeah i think we can probably move on from there into some of john's uh i know actually i think last week we talked about or recently we talked about how we kind of got some of our computers set up and whatnot and kind of started playing into like getting into some old game boy advance games and getting into just uh, yeah just checking out some games that we either haven't played or haven't talked about much but john what have you been playing so in addition to that we've also were recently did our uh anniversary episode where we were talking about our comfort games yes sir that's right yeah and uh i was of a couple minds on which game i was going to bring to the table for that so you know i was i was revisiting some old classics some games that i've put in a sizable amount of time into (laughs) and one of those games is the original uh game boy advance castlevania which was a release title i found uh, discovered a launch title title for the game boy advance i remember going into ed games to pick it up along with a couple (laughs) other games (laughs) circle of the moon yep which uh like it is very much of a very specific it was the beginning of a specific era of like konami castlevanias where you know the it kind of hit a renaissance like yeah. with uh 
the Game Boy Advance where yep. you were getting a ton of uh, games specifically modeled kind of after uh, Symphony of the Night. Yes, and sir. It yeah. really changed the series from like what it had been before Symphony of the Night and you know, cemented it as like, okay, this is what the games are going to be like going forward. They're all going to yep. be like heavy RPG elements. You'll get like, you know, your abilities that unlock new areas and you are revisiting old areas in the map over and over again. Which, and what a great formula. It's awesome. It's, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so grateful that they <laughs> made that decision. I know that, you know, DJ has made it clear that he prefers, you know, the earlier castlevania uh format to the and some of those games are sweet too but i think symphony is is like the castlevania and these as an extension (laughs) i still need to really put time into any of these yeah i I mean i've put a little bit of time into one of the ones on ds i don't even remember which one but Mm, i I really i've never played symphony of of the night (laughs) no no i own them all i own every handheld castlevania i think or i own all three ds ones but i played i think it was uh portrait of ruin maybe Mm -hmm. um i think i beat that one with a with a bad ending but i I beat it saw Mm -hmm. the credits as we say yes oh yeah yeah that counts there you go (laughs) (laughs) oh but yeah circle of the moon it's like I, I was doing a little bit of digging where I was reading some of the like reviews at the time, and uh, Koji Garashi actually didn't work on this title. The oh. people who did work on the title uh, actually ended up uh, making or turning into Good Feel, oh. uh, the oh. Wario Shake It Up, uh, the Yoshi's Crafted World, Kirby's wow. Epic Yarn wow. Team. Those are awesome. <laughs> yeah, games. those games are those great are all too. Really good. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know they did the Wario Land Shake It game. That game's too. sweet. Yeah. But yeah, gorgeous, yes. gorgeous. It's it's just a like I I know that people prefer the later uh, GBA games for like Aria of Sorrow is like I think the gold standard or yeah. like what is held up as like the best of the three. Mm-hmm. But I just have a soft spot for this one. Like it's it's a lot slower than those. It's ways more zoomed out. Your character sprite is a lot smaller than in the other games and. You know, movement, like, you can't even run right off the bat. That is an upgrade that you get after (laughs) the first mini boss in the game. And, like, but, I don't know, something about it just is, I love the, like, DSS card system, which is how you use your magic. And, like, but I was trying to beat the game again because the game unlocks different modes that, like, will, like, oh, this one, like, just maxes out your intelligence stat. So, but all of your regular attack is just garbage. So you have to lean heavily on the magic in the game. Or this one is, like, you have no magic bar and, like, it's just regular attacks. And so, like, the (laughs) game has so many, like, modes in it that you can just i personally like could replay it i have played every single version of it over and over again and like i just love it like ah, i don't know it's well, I'm kind of curious, John, because we kind of talked about this a little bit in the Discord, too, but, like, you and I, like, always seem to, like, I always strike out when I recommend Metroidvanias to you and, like, mm-hmm. and them, or even when I recommend, like, platformers and this and that, and, like, I'm always, like, Man, I know you like platformers like you I think you like you like Celeste right like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not like off base like there's stuff but what so what is it like is it the story and the RPG elements in those games I know those are like more story in Celeste more RPG and story in uh Castlevania and stuff but is it like that added layer that makes it a little more enticing as opposed to I think it's the exploration like when I think about playing okay. uh like Mario World which is one of my I, I guess I, I think of that as my gold standard of just like 2D platformers. Same. Like, I know that level inside and out or like mm-hmm. each individual level inside and out. And I know where to go and I know what to do. And like when I, even when I'm thinking about like Celeste, like that's those were in, enjoyable like areas to like explore and like solve the little puzzles in. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know, like, sometimes when I'm playing, yeah, like, these, like, absolute precision platforms that's just like, you know, oh, you have to hit this jump at this exact time at this exact angle in order to proceed. I'm like, this isn't what I come to these games for. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy doing that to a point. But, like, once that is the, like, 
focus of a game like that's just not what I'm into and like I don't know I, I do like just kind of taking my time in games like when I think about even like playing Hollow Knight like most of that time I'm not really playing with a purpose I'm not really playing to like either advance the story I'm just exploring and like maybe fighting some enemies or fighting a boss but like I'm really just enjoying my time in a world and like that's kind of what i i default to and like even for like the more you know focused less exploration games like say like super mario world or even when i played mario 3 somewhat recently like that was still just me like the act of going back and replaying the game was the exploration it wasn't necessarily like uh i don't know in the way that i I see what you're saying metroidvania per se yeah no i i see what you're saying whereas like i think a lot of times with me like i'm always either afraid of getting stuck or i'm actually stuck mm-hmm. and like where i like i whereas like with a linear game or more linear game i just kind of know like oh i just need to keep moving along like maybe i'm mm-hmm. missing secrets or something but as long as i keep progressing um yeah it's funny you mentioned hollow knight because i've been playing a little bit of ori in the blind forest which nice. i'm not really going to talk about because i know that's your uh resolution game randall but i was kind of yes. thinking between i don't know why that that and hollow knight always get paired in my head and i kind of am thinking like ori is more platforming focused and mm-hmm. i think that's why i like it more where yeah. hollow knight is more like combat focused there's pl- tons of platforming but to me that's like the combat is the highlight of hollow knight and just like the world and atmosphere if you're into that thing which right. i know i'm i've said i'm it's not my style per se but like yeah i, I just really really enjoyed uh Shoot, I lost my train of thought. Just the platforming focus of Ori, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's that's actually kind of yeah, exactly the same with me. Like I'll I just prefer like Hollow Knight's approach as opposed to the Ori approach, which I still enjoy, but like yeah, I was there were plenty of times in Ori where I was just like completely frustrated because I had to hit like a platforming section. I'm like, this is just not what I come to these games for. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling you also times. like the uh, inventory collectible aspect of those type oh. of games, John. Oh, buddy. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know that if there's a checklist of like useless shit to have. Like, you guys in your Diablo, man. I'm onto that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just, I opened no, with that- Monster Hunter. Like I, yep. I'm exactly. not using yep. any of these weapons I'm forging. I'm just <laughs> putting them in an inventory slot. Yeah, I'm just filling out this skill tree. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But that is that is funny because yeah, I just like I always tend to be disappointed by Metroidvanias because I'm like, ah, oh, there's not enough platforming in these, and they but they are platformers in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's a mixed no, bag yeah. for me. Um, any thoughts on that on your end, Randall? Oh no, I kind of split the difference. Although I guess I'm. I don't know. I would say I'm more on John's perspective, but I do like just kind of pure platformers too. So like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a potpourri that way. I like a, a mix of everything. Although I, I don't find myself gravitating towards Metroidvanias as often, mm. but man, that symphony of the night template in particular always hooks me. Oh my God. Yeah. I like, I just, I didn't grow up with PlayStation, but when I finally got the chance yeah. to play symphony of the night on 360, I saw it the whole way through and I loved it. And then that's like, when I first bought it and I never, never got around to it for oh, whatever it's reason. So good. And then th- that was already after that I had, you know, bought circle of the moon and, and the other game boy advance games, although, and the DS ones though, like you, Kevin, I own all of those, but I've only really played in a, in a real way, a couple of them, which is a shame. Uh, I need to get back to those too. So hopefully I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just going to reverse what I just said, actually, because I'm actually just going to, before we wrap things up tonight, I was doing some import streaming, like I was saying, and I was actually playing this game, Euphoria the Saga, yeah, man. Um, which is an NES Metroidvania, mm-hmm. um, yet another one from Sunsoft. Mm-hmm. Like just, these guys are just killing Sunsoft it in the NES awesome. era. And uh, this game is incredible. I've I'm, I got actually pretty decently far into it. Um, it's actually a pretty large series in Japan. This is a game that never came out in North America and first kind of dropped on my radar when they put it on the Wii Virtual Console. Yep. And it just like you know really eye catching. It just it just immediately if you like that NES aesthetic, just like we were talking about with Frog yep. earlier. It's just like oh that looks cool. Lots and of personality game, in Euphoria. I, that's literally the word that was the next <laughs> word that was going to come out of my mouth. It's just oozing personality. Your yes. main character is Bop Louie, and you just run around and like you when you kill an enemy, 
uh, they turn into like a little like goop ball or almost like I, it's almost like a dodge ball. You like yeah. pick it up and then you can throw it at enemies. And yep. then, but only one will be on the screen. Like if you go jump on another enemy, then that enemy will turn into the dodge ball thing or whatever. Right. And the reason I say dodge ball is because when you like meet, there's four different playable characters. And when you meet the next ones, you have to battle against them to like be like, hey, uh, you, oh, you forgot you're my friend or whatever. Uh, but you would like have a dodgeball match against them. You have like a new <laughs> separate health bar. And it's like you got to whoever hits the person five times first with this like ball that you throw at each other. And just the characters are super cute, super oh, yeah. zany, super emotive. And there's more abilities than I was expecting. Like just as I was wrapping up the stream, I got the ability to climb up the walls with Bop Louie. Nice. Um, and when he climbs, he like squirms like a worm almost <laughs> like you just kind of and same thing on the ground. There's like a dinosaur character that you get when you do the crawl on the ground. They like lay on their back and like <laughs> squirm on the ground. It's like it's the craziest game. Um, but it's so, so cool. And yeah, again, apparently the series is kind of big in Japan. I didn't like, realize like that. I didn't either. There's like a Super Nintendo kind of like top down, almost like Power Stone style fighting game. Wow. Um, power. That's maybe overselling it a little, but it's actually on the Japanese virtual console. So we could maybe oh. even try to play that online. Randall, okay. Maybe nice. OK. If that works, because uh, I'm curious to check it out. But yeah, like the, I, they even changed the character sprites a little bit for the European version over the even Bop Louie. Like he looks different in the Japanese version. Weird. Of the NES game. It's It's super weird. Um, but just a really cool game, getting more abilities than I expected to get. But I, I thought it was just going to be swap the four characters, but I've gotten like an upgrade ability with each character. Uh, I, there's still a few I need to get, but it seems like that's going to be the case with each character. And it's just really fun. It's a little different. The only thing you got to remember is you have to press down to land on enemies. It's very weird. You can't just jump on them. Oh. You have to be jumping and then hold down down. I remember That's what I, was I remember that from the Wii. Okay. I booted this a little bit yesterday and I'm like, why am I so bad at this now? I've played this before. I played it on Wii. You know, that makes yeah. more sense now. Okay. It's you have to like press down to like stomp essentially. <laughs> okay. Like you can see the animation kind of changes, but yeah. yeah, there's just like really cool quirky characters and I'm I'm maybe going to see this one through nice. so that maybe i will beat a metroidvania <laughs> but just a couple others i wanted to rattle off because i i'm i found a fan translation english translation of the uh, densetsu no stafi which is the very first game in the legendary starfy series which there are five of those games yeah only one of which ever got uh released outside of japan we got the very last one on ds the fifth game yeah but i went back and played the first game on game boy advance i've never played the ds one even though i own it and I actually ended up playing all the way through it on stream the other day. Like nice. I played a little bit earlier and then I ended up playing for like two and a half hours. John, you were in the stream mm -hmm. um, and it was I was getting a little frustrated with like the NPCs in particular. Mo, your little clam partner that tries to take all the credit for everything that you do, <laughs> like just like he literally everything you do. He's like, well, I'll take care of it and then start. You just do it as Starfy. Mm -hmm. But it's like a it. The, the, it's interesting. So the first game. I just started playing the second game in the series, and the first game I would just say is like, you gotta play it because you need that English translation to kind of learn the mechanics and get how the game works. But the second game takes like the kind of more open level approach. Like this, the first game is kind of like one level is kind of open ended, and you explore a bunch. So here, getting back into what we were talking about yep. uh, a minute ago, like you explore a bunch, and it's they're smaller, but they're you got to complete a bunch of puzzles and challenges in different rooms where the second game is just like level one, one level one, two level one, three, mm -hmm. but it's all in Japanese. But having that background of having played the first game, right. I can kind of know, okay, this is what this segment's all about. This, this is the save system. This is whatever. Cause otherwise it works almost exactly the same, but it just got that really cutesy Kirby style Big time. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk like as soon as I, I'm, I'm going to be playing through probably this whole series. Like I am nice. loving it. Uh, especially now that like I'm loving it even more now that I'm playing the second game. I played through about the second world and I'm like, man, this is sweet. And that makes sense you too. You're Mo? a pretty big Kirby guy, so <laughs> yeah. And it's it's interesting because it's kind of half underwater and half on land. And the second game is so far offering more on land platforming, which is more my style. But okay. the underwater platforming kind of feels more like controlling Kirby in the air when you're floating. Okay. You know, kind of you like you don't have to press a button to like to swim or flap your arms or whatever you just kind of like press the direction you want to swim in or like um, uh yeah it like the frog suit in mario 3 exactly in that way. exactly yeah. like that yeah it's really really cool 
And then, uh, yeah, I think soon we're probably going to get into some pinball arcade stuff on the podcast in a, in a future episode. So to kind of lead into that and tease it a little, I did a stream of Kuru 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 Rin, which is my best attempt at pronouncing that, (laughs) which is I just wanted to mention this game, too, because it's one that maybe we can take a deeper dive on on a later episode if we all can check it out. But Mm -hmm. like you, you literally just control a spinning stick that spins pretty slowly through a maze. And this is a first party. This was also a launch uh, GBA title, uh, but never came to North America. It was in uh, Europe and Japan. But yeah, you just control this spinning stick that you just can't touch the walls, almost like Operation or something, right. if you remember that board game, um, but a little more intense, obviously. But they just add so much charm and character to this game. Like, inst- instead of, like, being the, just a spinning stick, you're actually, like, this little super cute duck character that, like, jumps into, like, this little circular pod, and then it, like, closes up almost like a Pokeball on top, and then it, like, when it zooms out, it's like, oh... You're, those are like, and then it's got propellers and then like when it zooms out it's like the little circle in the center <laughs> is the pod and then the two sticks are your propellers mm-hmm. but it's like it's just so like such like a game that could just be so bland and still fun but like could could have just been like a game jam idea or like right. oh this is cool to play and cool to check out but not much to it like it just takes that to the next level and it gets challenging because you can ramp you can hold one of the face buttons down to go one speed like you can move you basically can just move in any direction um but then you can hold down one face button to move like a second gear and then both to move a third gear so you have like three different speeds to shift between nice and you just have to constantly be navigating around and not hitting the walls and obstacles but it's a it just kind of gave me that pinball feeling but it was another one i just had a really hard time putting down and i'm probably gonna just be doing like you were saying earlier randall doing some streams like i've been probably gonna do some more of these import streams especially the the starfy series i'm gonna be chipping away at that for a while so let me know if you guys want to dig into those a little deeper or any of these or any of these import games we got i think we got a pretty hefty list of games we want to uh chat about on the podcast so we'll get into pinball uh, another time i think but oh yeah i think we can probably uh wrap things up there this week if everybody's feeling good I'm, i think i'm done rambling <laughs> for now um but yeah I, uh, as always you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com and otherwise uh, there's a nice handy place to find us everywhere else at linktree slash pursuing pixels you can find our discord uh youtube twitch yes, uh, twitter all the social media stuff um and yeah i think that's uh pretty much a good place to call it guys uh take care and uh we'll catch you next week bye-bye see ya but like the games i really want to dig into on the game boy advance with you guys are any of those bit generations games yes yeah are fucking incredible i just learned the rules of coloris or coloris mm-hmm a little bit better so like there'll be tiles on the screen and there'll be four any of four colors <clears throat> and your cursor like let's just say it's like red and then like a little bit lighter of a reddish orange and then a little bit lighter and then a yellow and it's like you know a progression of colors but the cursor will always be the darkest red or the lightest yellow like the furthest color on each side and it'll kind of swap between those at kind of at random mm-hmm. and then so if the cursor's yellow if you go to a red tile and click on it, it'll move it one shade closer to the yellow. Oh. If you click on the red tile, so if it's a if it's a yellow cursor and a yellow tile, and you click on it, you can't do anything. Right. And then like if yeah, and then you just try to shift it and get match three essentially, or get combos. And then it like over time, like if you don't complete combos, then blocks start disappearing and the color goes away. Like and then there's different like you know like an X shaped block that if you blow that one up it blows up everything and it's so cool that sounds awesome it is when i was playing it i was like almost immediately like john john you gotta play this (laughs) yeah it's really musical like the music is kind of just what you you moving the cursor is kind of the music almost nice and like the soundtracks on these games on dot stream and stuff are just fucking slam i was like is this the real soundtrack of this game like I thought it like somebody por- patched something in. I was like, I can't believe this is Game Boy Advance, man. I'm jamming. I didn't um, mention it on the Circle of the Moon thing, but it has the chunkiest bass. Like <laughs> it, it yeah. sounds like 
Uh, like they really wanted to make sure that it sounded like a slap bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe they wanted to make sure it could like pl- uh, pump through that GBA speaker. Like, yeah. I want you to hear this bass. You know, oh, it's it's very high on the neck. <laughs> yeah. Jay, that's John style. That baby. is. <laughs> that's where I got it from. 